partners at Impact Consulting and Distribution are registered representatives of UMB Distribution Services, LLC, 235 West Galena Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53212. UMB is not affiliated with Global Beta Advisors, Foresight, or any of their affiliates. Welcome. My name is John Davenport, partner with Impact Consulting and Distribution. I'm joined today by Justin Lowry, who's the CIO of Global Beta Advisors, one of our partner firms. As many of you know, Impact Consulting and Distribution is a third-party marketing firm. Our goal is to find undiscovered managers uh, in our industry and bring those to advisors and their clients. So Justin, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, John. Happy to have you. And we were going to talk a little bit about the Fed today. Uh, the, Red, the Fed's made a few changes recently to their mandate, and they actually codified those two items recently in their release, one of which was they uh, indicated that they're willing to accept a higher inflation rate. What's your take on that? Yeah, so I mean, basically, let's start with kind of their uh, overall objective. The Fed wants to create maximum employment and price stability in the market. And the two biggest things that they're looking at are inflation and employment. So the news on the surface, the news on the surface was a significant policy change, but the effects were almost kind of baked into the market because the Fed, for all intents and purposes, we're, we're looking to keep rates low through the end of 2022, at least from our perspective. So when we look, when we look at what the announcement means, Back in 2012, uh, the federal chair, Ben Bernanke, first explicitly announced a target of, two per, of a 2% inflation target. Now, it's always been kind of argued whether or not that had been implicitly uh, a target of the Fed since the mid-90s. But in any event, it, it has been a target of the Feds. And what Powell's doing here is he's creating a situation where Rather than looking at the monthly reads of inflation and reacting to those monthly reads, he's saying, hey, let's build out an average composite here and kind of make a broader determination on monetary policy based on that average. Uh, and that's kind of important just because of where we kind of are economically. We are in a self-induced recession right now, and we have an identifiable event causing that recession. And because of that, we could have these rolling shutdowns, these rolling economic shutdowns, be it, be it state mandated or whether the businesses themselves uh, shut down. And because of that, and you're in the backdrop of heavy monetary and fiscal uh, stimulus, because of that, you may see uh, a lot of volatility in the inflation numbers. So. Basically, what uh, Powell is doing here is he's creating a quantifiable way to keep rates low for a long period of time, even if the monthly numbers are to say that, hey, inflation is a little high here. And if you, you also mentioned that the other side of the Fed's mandate was full employment or a robust labor market, where while the other thing that they did recently was to state that um, they're not so much concerned with a tight labor market. They're making the assertion that a tight labor market no longer correlates to inflation. What's your take on that? Yeah, so <laughs> it kind of challenges the, uh, the whole Phillips curve theory. And uh, honestly, we've kind of seen 
that happened in reverse uh, since the end of the economic recession back in 2008. Uh, unemployment coming out of that recession peaked out at 10% in October of 2009. And that had steadily declined right before this recession and got as low as uh, around three and a half percent in uh, January of 2020, um, you know, right before the, the recession started to take hold. Uh, and through all of that, the average monthly year-over-year -year inflation rate was 1.7%. So despite improving, uh, despite improving employment, you still had an inflation rate that was below 2%. Um, now, a lot of that had to do with the fact that there was a combinative monetary policy and there was a strengthening dollar and there was improvement in technology to create price efficiency. So there were other factors that weren't kind of contemplated in the idea of the inflation rate being impacted by the labor market. Now, we may see that happen in reverse where there may be persistent uh, high unemployment and we may see ticks up in inflation because, because of that stimulus that's going on right now, uh, you're gonna see kind of maybe some artificial inflation that's not being uh, impacted by uh, employed consumers. And so the mantra since uh, we came out of the financial crisis has been don't fight the Fed. And there was a, there was a, an adage that you know the, the S&P was highly correlated to the Fed's balance sheet. We've seen that break a little bit in the last couple of years. Um, but with all of the Fed stimulus out there, should we have another shock to the system? I mean, what does the Fed have left in its quiver to really help stimulate the, the, the economy, much less the markets? Yeah, I mean, that's actually a good question because uh, right now, even though that they've they've kind of shown that they're willing to throw everything at this, uh, you know, with as much as they have, they haven't really rolled out an identifiable quantitative easing program for this particular recession. And I think that between them and, and the federal government, they're kind of waiting to see the impact of this initial recovery and, and figuring out how do you respond to uh, you know, a, a potential recovery from a recession that is being influenced by, uh, by a, a virus. It's, it's something that's been, it's not something that really has been, uh, so they've had to deal with before. And because of that, they're kind of in this wait and see environment. So like I said, they, they still have actual, um, you know, purchasing ability that they haven't unveiled yet. And if things are contracting more than they expect. I expect them to, to release a, an actual, um, you know, stated QE program. Okay. So the, the two moves by the Fed recently on changing their inflation target and decoupling inflation from a labor market, you know, that attitude. For, for the average investor, what does that really mean? And should they be doing anything different? Yeah, so uh, that is, that, that's the problem here, because what happens is, is you've got a, a Federal Reserve that's saying um, we're willing to tolerate higher inflation and you're looking at equity prices continuing to rise. So there's, of course, fear of, um, you know, this premium between equity prices and a depressed uh, yield curve. So people don't want to be left holding the bag here like what happened back 
in the technology boom. And uh, obviously the, the, the impact there and the response there was not uh, effective. And so here, I think they're trying to get ahead of what they've learned from the past. And so for investors, they have to kind of look at this and say, hey, let's reevaluate uh, what our valuations uh, look like you know, in our holdings. So if, you, if you're holding uh, stocks or funds with high valuations, it may be time to reconsider either offsetting those holdings with funds or uh, companies that with better valuations, or maybe it's time to start trimming and, and, uh, and uh, taking some cash positions. And as you look at valuations, what are some of the more attractive areas of the market currently, or is it really on a name by name basis? Well, you know, we look at, um, we actually did a kind of a scope around uh, what different styles of investments look like in different economic environments. And in this current economic environment where there may be uh, some more inflationary pressures, uh, we see that uh, growth-oriented securities and low-volatility securities generally perform better on a short-term and medium-term uh, forward-looking basis. So I would suggest, obviously, growth, the valuations and growth have, have bubbled right now, but there's still attractive uh, growth opportunities out there that are not as expensive as your you know, typical um, you know, headline-oriented uh, type of securities out there. And then, of course, like I said, uh, low volatility strategies uh, are, are also a way of participating in the market without um, with having some downside protection. And, you know, that's why we say with these low volatility strategies, and it's very important that investors consider and contemplate valuations when they're when they're making their decision on low volatility investments, because it is supposed to protect you on the downside and having a uh, fund or security with a lower valuation uh, is going to give you that, is going to have uh, less from the fall. Yeah, and, and going back to the Fed, you know, the, the, the ultimate outcome from the Fed's decision recently is it, it looks like r rates are gonna stay lower longer, which means investors aren't gonna get the needed income from the fixed income side of their basket. And I know you guys do a lot of research on the equity side on higher income paying stocks that are at more attractive valuations. Speak to that uh, briefly on how that fits into today's market with the Fed's uh, low rate outlook. Yeah, uh, so, you know, I think, I think it's kind of normal for people to uh, figure, hey, low rates, let's just jump into utilities and collect yield out of utilities. But um, I, I think people, people mistake uh, the fact that utilities have quite a high premium on them right now. And that premium has been building over the past decade with general accommodated monetary policy. So I think when people are looking at achieving income, it's important to create some diversification around there. So that's why uh, the, the strategies that we build, uh, specifically in the income space, we want to make sure that we're, we're touching on uh, every sector and industry in the market. So we build our portfolios on a diversified uh, level in terms of uh, seeking yield. And then to your point about valuations, uh, one of the critical parts of how we uh, allocate our portfolio 
particularly with, with income, is we're looking at revenues. And by looking at revenues, we're getting those strong, uh, you know, balanced fortress type of uh, securities and those who are generally gonna have a better price to sales ratio. And our research has uh, indicated that price to sales ratio has a higher level of correlation with future return. In fact, uh, we did a uh, regression analysis from data from FactSet on the S&P 500 index. And it has indicated that there's a nearly a 90% relationship with lower price to sales securities and a 10 year forward looking return. So it's in our view that people, especially those who have kind of longer term investment objectives and are willing to sit, hold and collect yield, that you wanna consider valuations when you're uh, allocating towards income oriented strategies. Great, this has been a great discussion today, Justin. Appreciate you sharing some insights on the Fed as well as what investors should be doing today. Appreciate you joining us and look forward to talking to you the next time. Yeah, thanks for having me, John.